We're going to talk about Oklahoma softball, Jocelyn Olive, Jordy Ball with Macy Turley, national champion from the 2000 team on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. And thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me officially as co-host of Locked On Sooners. You've heard him here on the show before, but we're bringing him on Full-time, for real, we got Josh Helmer of 94.7, The Ref in Norman. Josh, welcome to the show officially. How you doing tonight, my friends? John, thank you. Uh, I'm doing great. Excited about this partnership moving forward here on Lockdown Sooners. Obviously, get the chance to talk Sooners every day with Chris Plank, but having the opportunity to just further expand that right here with Lockdown Sooners with you. I'm fired up, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's exciting. And hey, we got a great first guest joining us now on the show. We got Macy Turley. She was part of the 2000 National Champion team. Just to give us her perspective on Oklahoma Sooner softball currently, how things have evolved. Macy, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. And welcome to you, Josh, too. Yeah, Thank you, Macy. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's great to get your perspective because I'm sitting here. I'm a former baseball player, but it very far removed from the game, but watching what Oklahoma softball has done just the last few years and particularly last year and this year, it's really an incredible run that they've been on. Yeah, they are. I keep saying they're so much fun to watch their athleticism, their sportsmanship, their winning attitude is amazing. It's incredible. It's entertaining. And it's definitely something that um, is, is creating a huge following um, people are loving to watch it, and, and we're just so proud that they're in the state of Oklahoma. Macy, first off, thanks for joining us this evening. 2000 national champion, just the second non-West Coast team that had won a national championship at that point in time. Did you have any inkling that Oklahoma would ultimately go on this type of championship run with these types of star players. I and mean, obviously you played with star players on that team. That's how you won a national championship. But did you have any inkling of what the future would look like in the sport of softball? And then specifically, obviously with Oklahoma. No, I think in the moment you're so focused on what you're doing. I mean, it's four short years of your life that you're looking at and um, you're, it's, it's a very selfish time for you. So you're just looking at those four years and, and trying to be the best competitor that you can be during that time. And even during that time, I mean, I couldn't have told you um, in 1999 that we were going to win a national championship in 2000 and that it would be 13 years later that they would win the second one and that it would become the powerhouse that they are today. It was not something that you can really look forward and have the crystal ball and and be able to tell the future for, but it's definitely something that's been super exciting. And um, if I if I knew then what I knew now, then I think things would be a lot different. It's like buying stock in Apple. I wish we all would have known, you know, <laughs> 30 years ago to buy stock in Apple and then we would all be billionaires. No, so know, was there right? a point was there a point in that 2000 season 
where it just kind of clicked and you all thought, hey, we can win it all. It's funny because thinking back on it, um, I don't remember a, a huge bright spot where we thought we can do this. I think with every game, we were so focused on winning that game that um, next thing you know, you know, we've made it to regionals and then um, we've made it to the World Series and we weren't supposed to be there. So um, I do remember thinking after we lost to Arizona, even though that that was a big loss for us, it, we lost 6-0 in that game in the regular season, that it was kind of like a light bulb went off. It, there was this moment of, um, yeah, we just lost this game. This this team was amazing, but we're amazing too. And we can do things to correct the mistakes that we made in order to be competitive um, in the future and going down the road. And little did we know that we would get another opportunity to meet Arizona again and to avenge that loss. But I think that that was, in my mind, looking back, was a real turning point for us to say we weren't losing a ton of games. We lost a total of eight games that season. But after that Arizona loss was a big moment for us to go, you know what? We didn't play well in this game. It showed us where we had some weaknesses. And we could go back and work on those weaknesses and fix them. And after that, it was like, you know what? There's really no stopping us. There's not a ton of pressure on us. Um, we're not expected to go to the World Series. We're not really expected to win it. And we've got something to prove, and we were willing to go out and do that. You mentioned, obviously, playing Arizona. It didn't turn out initially the way that you wanted to, but you avenged that loss en route to the national championship before meeting UCLA. Was that, if you're looking for a light bulb moment, was it when you avenged the loss to Arizona that everyone sort of looked around and said, okay, wait a tick, we got a chance to actually win this national championship? Yeah, absolutely. Because it was that ability to go in there. And um, I mean, we shut them down. Um, we had a, a great offensive turnout. And I mean, back then, you have to remember, we weren't hitting home runs in every game. We weren't the this huge power hitting team that, that you see now from these teams. So it was really um, a defensive game for us. And our pitcher, Jennifer Stewart, was pitching lights out at that moment. I mean, she ended up winning MVP of the World Series, which was totally earned by her. But it was that ability to go back to avenge that and think we knew that we could do it. We knew that we could fix some things that we were. I mean, Jenny Finch at that time was throwing rice balls like um, I mean, we were swinging at them like we were looking silly. And so it was things that we liked like that, like we could go and work on those things. And we really worked on our defensive game and we were able to um, come back. And then, yeah, when you can win that game and you can avenge that loss, then it's like, OK, now now we're on it. I mean, it was our semifinal game, but. Even the the previous game, we were we had lost to um, to Southern Miss earlier in the year, and we were able to avenge that loss also in the World Series. So it was kind of that, like getting there and winning and continuing to win. And with every game, it was like we got a little taste of what it was like to win, and so we could get a little bit more. And then we wanted to do it in the next game, and we wanted to do it in the next game. And then being in Oklahoma City and playing for our home crowd and getting to see how entertained they were and supportive they were, that it was really um, a helpful fuel to our fire. And that's something that's really grown a ton just over the last, I mean, two decades in Oklahoma City in particular. What has it meant for you as somebody who's from the area, played in the area, just to see the turnout that's occurred there and how much it's meant for the sport of softball, not just in this state, but across the country? Yeah, it's amazing to watch. I mean, when we were there for the World Series, the stadium looked different than it looks now. They've expanded it. I don't even know how many it holds now, but they've got upper decks and 
it's packed. So when we were there that we had like grassy knolls that were on the side and people would bring um, lawn chairs and blankets and there were just kids everywhere. Girls would wear their, you know, softball uniforms and come watch us play. And um, it continues to this day. I mean, you can go out there and there's still softball teams that all go together and they go out to watch the games. Um, and then girls from all over will come in and watch that. And it's, it's definitely meaningful. You can see how impactful it is that um, teams definitely want to follow teams who are winning and they want to see what it's like. And then those little girls, obviously, all they do is they want to dream about being on that, that stage for themselves someday. So it's, um, it's very meaningful. It's very touching and it's very reflective when I can go back and I see it. And I was like, I used to be one of those girls that used to sit out here and then I got to experience it. And now I'm experiencing it, you know, as a mom with my own kids. So um, it really does come full circle. Macy Turley, 2000 national champion, is our guest right here on Locked On Sooners. Now, it, it has grown and grown over at Hall of Fame Stadium, but correct me if I'm wrong, it was a record crowd when your team won the national championship, was it not? I think it was. Um, I just remember thinking when we were there, because, I mean, we didn't have so lot crowds when we were in Norman, so then we show up to Oklahoma City, and it's like, where did all these people come from? This is amazing. Like, they're all here cheering for us. And um, yeah, it's it's definitely changed in its look, but um, the support is is really it's felt by the team, and it's it's really appreciated by the team. I know that. And we'll have more here with Macy Turley to talk about what's going on now with Oklahoma softball. It's still undefeated. Can they be beaten? But first, I want to talk to you about Stat Hero. Man, do I love March Madness! Don't you? Everybody loves March Madness. You got your poll. You got your your brackets going. But it is a little bit dramatic too. You you end up losing your your final four team in the second round. But hey, there's no better place to go run your bracket right now than at Stat Hero. Get in on some single game pick'em pit pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. You can take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Go to stathero.com/lockedon and hey, sign up for free right now at stats stathero's dot com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match that's stathero.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply and thank you for making locked on sooners your first listen every single day and we're going to talk some current Oklahoma softball because again 20 and 0 they continue to set the standard for run rule softball which every time they do it it just amazes me because I'm like can they can can they at some point play some close games now we got some close games at the Marita Hines classic out there in California. What's your take on this team? How far are they going to be able to go undefeated before they pick up their first loss? I think that they are going to go as far as they can go. I've always said, I think that if they get their first loss, it's going to be, if they do it to themselves, somebody's going to have to outscore them, which I don't even see how that's possible at this point. But um, I don't think it's, it's not the end of the world if they don't go undefeated losses are always good for a team it um it challenges them it sees where they've got some weaknesses that they can work on it exposes those weaknesses so i don't know how far they can go if it would be undefeated obviously that would be amazing that's a ton of pressure to put on the team um so i don't think that it would be completely unrealistic for them to do it but i wouldn't be surprised if they if they are given a couple losses along the way well obviously They've uh, been no stranger to long streaks of running undefeated. That was the case just a season ago. 
I, I do wonder how, how do you approach that type of pressure if and when you start getting close to postseason play and you're unbeaten. It's just like one extra thing to worry about. But Macy, hey, this team's faced a little bit of that. It wouldn't be the same thing. But I think in some ways it was at times maybe it got to be a little bit of a burden. I don't want to say an outright distraction, Jocelyn, all those home run chase. But could that experience if and when because – Myself, hey, I'd like to see the unbeaten season. I'll come out and say it. I'd love to see Oklahoma <laughs> go undefeated. So if and when, if they are legitimately late in the year in the mix for something like that, does the home run chase, any of these previous accomplishments that the program's been a part of, does that help maybe in that regard? Oh, I think any adversity, any distraction, anything that's come up that they've been able to fight through and to go back and, and look at those things and to work through them and to realize that, hey, we've had this adversity, we've had this, this issue, whatever it may be, whether it's weather, it's sickness, it's injury, it's um, any type of distraction, to be able to work through those things, I think it's definitely something that they can lean on and look back on as a strength. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. And it's, it's definitely, it becomes a mind game at that point in time on something that um, that they're going to be looking to do. And it, it would just be, you know, to me, it would be another distraction looking at, are we able to do it? But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it matters um, when you get down to the to the end of the season and they're um, going to regionals and super regionals in the World Series. Those are the games that really, really matter. But to be able to go through and fight and know that you can fight and that you can make through, make it through, that you can be down in a game, that you can need to have a pitching change. You know, pitchers aren't always on their game, and that's okay. We've got three amazing pitchers that can come in and back up the other pitchers. All of your hitters aren't, aren't going to be on every game. That's why you've got nine of them in the lineup. You know, everybody's got their back, and that's what I think makes this team, this team so strong is that you've got backups for every single position, that somebody's got your back. Somebody's going to be able to go in and pick up where – um, and help out somebody who, who's maybe not doing as well. So I think that any time that they are able to see that they're able to fight through adversity is going to just help them out in the long run. And you're speaking of weights a little bit. So what kind of weight is lifted not only off of Jocelyn Allo's shoulders after she breaks Lauren Chamberlain's home run record, but just the team in general? They can all breathe yeah. a little bit knowing that, uh, that Jossie's got the record now. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I, I can't imagine the pressure that that she was feeling. I mean, you can even say that there wasn't any or, or you know, she was focused on each at bat or whatever, but you know, it's still there. Every time she gets up to bat, every, everybody's phones come out. Um, everybody's on edge. Like, is this, is this going to be it? Is this going to be it? So I think that there's definitely like a collective sigh of relief across the nation that it would finally happen. And we're all so proud of her, but that we are able to, to move on. And she's able just to be a, a regular hitter at this point in time. How awesome is it that, okay, the, the record becomes Jocelyn Allos, but oh, by the way, the record she broke was Lauren Chamberlain's, and they're still there one and two. I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing stat that Oklahoma softball has. Oh my gosh. I saw it. Like, I think it popped up on TV. They were maybe talking about it on ESPN and I was like, look, number one and two, it's OU. Like, that's amazing. I mean, how, how long is that going to stand there? And obviously, you know, Sooner Nation is so proud of both of them. And I think that it's, it's just amazing for Lauren Chamberlain. I mean, we saw the, the um, social media posts where she's crowning Jocelyn yes. Allo 
um, with, with the home run queen. And it's just, we're all so proud and so happy. And of course we love holding um, those records for, for OU definitely. And let's, let's talk about a little bit on the defensive side, because Jordy Ball, she's just having a tremendous start to her career as a true freshman, doing some things that I think, you know, you, you know of what she's coming in to Norman with. Like, she's a very talented pitcher. But did people expect her to be this good right away? And just how surprising is it that she has been as dominant at times as she's been? Yeah, I think it's almost not surprising or surprising that it's not so surprising because she was so dominant in high school, but to come in as a freshman and be so dominant, um, I think everyone is definitely excited about it. I mean, she's just, she's a stud. All three of our pitchers are studs. I think that's what's what's so great about it. But for her to come in as a freshman um, and be so dominant, so young, I mean, she's just got that moxie, that attitude behind mm-hmm. her that, um, that you can just tell, like she's gonna go out and she's gonna fight and she's gonna compete. So to be able to bring that in so young um, is definitely a great sign. And I mean, it's gonna do nothing but um, encourage her team and pump her team up and um, for her defense to know that their pitcher's working hard for them and for her to know that their defense, her defense is working just as hard for her. Um, it's just, it's a great combination. Macy Turley, 2000 national champion, hanging out with us right here on Locked On Sooners. So I've got Jocelyn Allo questions. I'd like to ask you a couple more of those. But since we're on the subject of Jordy Ball right here, right now, she arrives in Norman with all sorts of hype, the hoopla that John was talking about there. What stories did you hear about Jordy coming in? And what's sort of the buzz that you're hearing about Jordy now? Yeah, it's all the same that she's just this this dominant stud pitcher who um, who has this this moxie, this um, this attitude towards her that um, she holds herself uh, at a high standard that and it's not only on the field, it's off the field. I think I heard the story from Teddy Lehman saying you ran into her at the gym and she's clinging, I don't even know how much weight. And I think I even looked at my husband and I was like, can I do that much? I don't know. Like that's that's a lot of weight. She's she is an athlete through and through. And I remember seeing a tweet about from her dad when they were um, you know, calling her for the um, illegal pitches and he was like, You guys better be careful. You're you're gonna piss her off. And um I was like that's that's perfect. Like you're, if you do that, you're gonna make her mad. She's gonna she's gonna fight. She's gonna come after you, and um, and you're not gonna want to see what types types of pitches she throws. But I think that that's just been that's kind of the story that that preceded her, and that's what we've we've seen since she's been here, and she's definitely lived up to all the hype. Yeah, I, I on our Sooners Wire account where I write covering the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, I compared her to Baker Mayfield. I just felt like she has that same yeah. kind of edginess, that same attitude, yeah. that same confidence, and a little bit of that charisma too, where, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching her kind of bob her head and just kind of get into her dance on the mound before a pitch. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling you too, Jordy. Go get it. Right. Like, <laughs> you're going to shut everybody down. You have that same yeah. confidence. That's amazing. And, and like you talked about, Nicole Main, Hope Trout. Hope Troutwine, they've been really fantastic this year as well. The whole pitching staff has been phenomenal. Up and down the lineup, they've been tremendous. Uh, Tiara Jennings, like when people ask Patty Gasso, can this record ever be, ever be broken? Tiara Jennings is the person that Patty mentions. Is it, mm-hmm. is it possible? I mean, she's a, in her second year. She had a great true freshman season last year, already on a great pace this year. Is she going to be able to touch that? 
Yeah, who knows? Hey, the sky's the limit at this point in time. And as long as uh, pitchers are pitching to her, then I think it'll it'll give her every opportunity to do it. So, um, yeah, she's she's been amazing, a lot of fun to watch. So um, I think that the opportunity definitely lies in front of her. And um, who knows? She's she's definitely the one who could do it. So they say good things come to those who wait, but I don't know. That was pretty frustrating having to wait for Jocelyn Allo to finally break that record with all of the intentional walks, Macy. What was your reaction to that sequence of games? And then if if not for just our Sooners themselves, the most popular person in Sooner Nation is probably Ashley Murphy from Hawaii for actually pitching to Jocelyn Allo. So what was just your reaction to the string of games where you're waiting and hoping and wishing that it will happen and then of course uh, the moment that it finally does for jocelyn allo hitting home run number 96. yeah i think it was um with chris plank in the morning he was talking about how awesome it would be if um she did it in hawaii and then he started looking at the the games left and there were 10 games left at that point in time and where everyone was like there's just no way it's not going to happen there's 10 games she's going to get it in 10 games but then you start seeing these pitchers who don't pitch to her and i think it became collectively more and more and more frustrating as we went because it wasn't just that it was the competitive side of the game that it's a low scoring game um jocelyn is coming up and we got to pitch around her it was that these were blowout games these were um, these were about to be run ruled games and then pitchers are still pitching around her. So uh, she wouldn't, I think, admit that, that she was frustrated, but I think we saw that in some of her reactions that she was frustrated and um, rightably so. I mean, these pitchers were going in and, um, you know, and I think of all of Sooner Nation's eyes were not being competitive anymore. So it's, it's a real downer when, um, and obviously the last one comes to mind was, um, in Hawaii when, um, when Calden pitched to her and it was eight zero and then they walk her. And it's like, in my mind, this is, this is a weak move. What, you're really worried about it becoming nine zero. Is that the move that you're, that you're so, um, so worried about that you're, you're pitching around her. So, yeah, I think it, it was very frustrating to watch teams who weren't ready to compete. And I'm sure that these weren't pitchers who were doing it. It was obviously the coaches that were making the calls. But, um, I mean, and I was never a pitcher, but I would have to think, and if I were, if I'm stepping up to um, the mound and I'm looking at the best hitter that's ever played the game, I want to give her my best and I want to see what she's going to be able to do. Hey, let's go best for best and see what happens. And if you hit a home run off of me, then good for you. I'll give you a high five at the end of the game, maybe. But um, I, it's still that competitive edge on um, I'm going to go after you. And hey, I mean, she's got seven strikeouts on the year. It's not like every time she steps up to the plate, she hits a bomb. So that, that would be my mindset going into it. And it just kind of blew my mind that these um, other colleges or these other teams would go up and they just weren't competitive with her. Um, and it seemed like um, it seemed like they were really bowing out of, of that aspect of the game. So I think that that was frustrating. So for her to be able to go home and have that home crowd there, and it was just, I mean, apropos, it was, you couldn't have written the story any better for her to be able to do it there. Yeah, and shout out to the pitchers that did decide to to challenge her a little bit. Because could you imagine like a, a team in Major League Baseball just deciding halfway through the season we're not going to pitch to Barry Bonds anymore because we don't want him to break Hank Aaron's record? Like that would just be the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like 
I think you, you spoke to it perfectly. Had it been a two, one game and you've got a runner on second and you want to walk Jocelyn Allo to force, you know, to put the force play in play, then that totally makes sense. But an eight, nothing game. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And then shout out to all the pitchers getting on, on Twitter and, and owning their, their home run. Like, Hey, I threw her, you know, home run number 14 or whatever. I have it was. lost like, everything. I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you just great. Um, we, we got you. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's good to see that competitiveness. It was great to see her break the record in Hawaii. Um, because how cool is it that, you know, like you got to win a national championship in front of your home crowd in Oklahoma city, she got to break a home run record in front of her home state in Hawaii, just a beautiful scene and a really, really great move by Hawaii's coach to bring a lay and, and put it on her um, as she's in the middle of the, the crowd and, and celebrating. But we're going to have more here with Macy Turley here on Lock On Sooners after I talk to you about Run Your Pool. March Madness is coming up. We're right in the thick of it. If you haven't picked a place to run your bracket, Run Your Pool is the place to be. Hey, if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, you can go for up to $1,800 at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool at runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize for up to $1,800. We look forward to seeing you and beating you there. I also want to talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to place all your bets on college basketball's NCAA tournament and the NIT for all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline has you continually covered for all of your sporting needs. Baseball is about to get started. We got opening day just right around the corner. Get in on those future odds with Bet Online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action over at Bet Online, where the game starts. And Macy, do we still have you with us? I am. I think I'm back for a little bit. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Hey, and thank you again for making Locked On Sooners your first listen. And go check out the Locked On uh, bracket breakdown. It's starting March 14th right here on the Locked On Podcast Network on your team, the team feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy and Andy Patton and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. Now, Macy, we want to talk to you a little bit about Patty Gasso because she's a legend now. Like the I, Who is it? I can't remember who I saw name this, and I'm, gonna, I'm really frustrated that I, I can't remember where I saw it. But um, somebody called the stadium that they're going to build. Uh, the Gasso Castle, and I love it. That's fantastic. Or Gasso's Castle, um, yeah. you know, it's the the house that Patty built. And how exciting is it for you to see like the expansion? You know, Loves is coming in a partnership with Oklahoma, building this this new stadium, this new um, really training facility, the works for Oklahoma softball. Like, what does that do for Oklahoma softball? How how important is it for them? And then, what does it do for them in the future? I mean, it is such an amazing gift. It's such a great opportunity. When I first heard about it, I was literally in tears about it because I thought, you know, this is this is what they they are owed. They're, the softball team has been um, so entertaining over the years. They've been they've been. Um, I mean, what are they? The second most popular sport at the university. Um, it's due for them. So I was thrilled when I heard about it. I think it's just, um, it continues to grow. It continues to, um, I mean, they're busting out of the seams at the current um, stadium. 
And I always tell the story that when we first started playing there, we didn't have a lo- we didn't even have locker rooms. So we um, had the field house that was our locker room, which I always thought was strange because we didn't even change there or get dressed there. We just did it at our houses. And then um, I think we did our own laundry. Like we just didn't have all the perks that they have now. So anything that's able to bring them up to the level that um, that we're seeing around the country um, and make them competitive, obviously is just going to be a bigger draw for any of the other recruits that they have coming in. I mean, as if winning championships wasn't enough, but um, I think it just makes them definitely more competitive in that aspect for the UCLA's and the Arizona's and the Florida's and Florida States and Alabama's that um, we can be competitive in that aspect too. Um, and that now they are really filling their stadiums and that they can offer higher capacity and, um, and training facilities that are um, on location. Um, it's all definitely um, an amazing opportunity for them. I can't wait. Cannot wait to break ground and get Love's Field open. It's going to be so awesome. And you're right. If there's a program that has earned it, that deserves it on campus, it's Oklahoma softball with the championships that they've won that I'll go ahead and feel safe to say they're going to continue to win here at Oklahoma. (laughs) It's, uh, It's just fantastic to see. You mentioned the recruiting angle to it. Obviously, that's important. You want to have the best digs to attract the the best talent that you can into the program. What was your recruiting pitch like to Oklahoma? What was what was it like back then? And how have you seen Coach Gasso just evolve over the years? You know, the the pitch back then was um, I think it was really just about being local. Since I was from Broken Arrow. Um, I am from Broken Arrow, so it was going, I was recruited by other um, other colleges that are outside of the States, um, some of them namely very cold colleges, which I didn't want to play softball in the cold, <laughs> it's not a lot of fun, nope. so um, the pitch was really about bringing everything home, and um, Jennifer Stewart and I played on the same Olympic gold team, so um, we were kind of going in at the same time. And um, so I had a really good friend and teammate and we were um, doing our recruiting at the same time. So it was knowing that I had that person there also, which was a draw. But um, the university was, it was really about the, um, just the tradition, the program, um, even seeing like the football program and the changes that it was going through to all of the academic support that was available at the time. And then the girls on the team, the big sell was really the girls. It was like you you kind of fall in love with this idea of how life could be when you go to college because you really don't know going in as a freshman. You, you kind of think you might um, know how it's all going to go, but then you really meet the team, you get to hang out, and you put yourself in those situations. So that was really the big sell. Um, and Coach Gasso has... I give her a hard time today because she, I think in her time span, like she's changed a ton. Obviously the core of her philosophy hasn't changed. It's all about having that gladiator mindset about going to battle about um, we're going to play every game for the game itself. We're not ever looking forward to the next game or to the next tournament or whatever it may be, but we're, um, we're competing in the, in the game right now. And we're going to do everything that we can to be our, our best competitors and to win those games. Um, she's always had that mindset and that um, anything that we do is never good enough. So we're always striving to be better and better. But um, I always say that there was, we had a practice where I got, I got chewed out for smiling on the field at one point in time. 
And um, I just thought, why can't I smile? Like, this is supposed to be fun. Why can't I smile? But it was it was that much of a work mentality and work mindset. When we would go on trips, you know, we had to wear um, our work attire. We, were, we always had to dress up like we were, that was our job. And so today, you know, I see her on on TV and she's laughing and she's having fun with them. And I've given her a hard time, like, okay, now you're laughing on the field because I think I got in trouble for that one time. But um, so I think a little bit of that side of her has has softened that, you know, this is still fun. Nobody's going to want to play it if it's not fun. And it's it's a hard sport to play and to keep people to continue to be inspired and to want to do it. There's got to be a fun part to it. And winning is fun. So you kind of figure out that formula on how to put it all together. And um, she's got to figure it out. And they, they keep winning and having fun doing it. Sounds like Patty Gasso was a big fan of Remember the Titans. Because as you're talking, all I see is Herman Boone walking into the gym straight to Petey. He's got his hand raised and he's smiling. He's like, just put your hand down. Right. You're smiling. Why are you smiling? Because football's fun. Right. No. Right. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It's not, not anything. No. Zero fun, sir. Um, exactly. And one of the big topics that's kind of come under fire, is, especially as it regards women's sports over the last few years, is just the equity and investment, especially at the NCAA level. What we're seeing with, with softball is the reality that if you invest in women's athletics, there will be turnout, there will be big numbers, and there will be a return of investment. As you mentioned earlier, you know, Marita Hines field now. Okay. I got to correct myself. Cause earlier I called the classic out in California, the Marita Hines classic. It was the Mary Nutter classic. My apologies, <laughs> right. everybody. Uh, so, but Marita Hines fields busting at the seams. I went last week and I tried to find tickets for the home opener for myself and my daughter to go too late. There, there's nothing like you can't find a single game ticket. Like yep, sold out. Yeah. So we need a huge stadium because the demand is there. Mm-hmm. What does that, I mean, what does that say to like people who think, okay, there's, there's no there's no return of investment for NCAA sports. Ross Dellinger had an article at uh, Sports Illustrated today where he talked about, you know, last year when the NCAA tournament came under fire on the women's side for the lack of facilities, the lack of a a gym, the lack of locker room um, facilities for the women's side compared to the men's side. That in his story, he mentions there were there were people that were trying to flood the NCAA with donations and gift cards, and and one person in, in particular tried to offer DoorDash gift cards but the NCAA refused because of their sponsorship with Uber Eats. That's a problem, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really unfortunate when you, you see those things happening and when um, people are really wanting to support female sports, um, obviously the supports there it's there's monetization aspects of it that um, are either not being looked at or they're being avoided in conversation. So um, I, I think you're the big thing that you can look at is just look at the stands, look at, um, look at the following that these, these things have look, go look at Twitter right now. And how many people are complaining about that? You can't pull up OU softball and watch them on TV. Yep. They're not being carried on, on ESPN or whatever station. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a problem because, um, people want it. They want to be able to watch it. They want to be able to go to the facilities. They want to be able to support these teams. They want to be able to support the athletes. I mean, there's NIL deals that are, um, that should be available to, to female athletes as well, that, um, people are wanting to do these things and to give back because, um, there is such an entertainment aspect to athletics in general. And, um, female sports should definitely be in the mix as well, um, especially with softball. You know, softball, 
I've always said is um, it's a sport of its own. You can't really compare it to baseball. The, the rules are similar, but the game is very, very different. It's to me, it's more entertaining. It's faster. It's quicker paced. It's, um, it's definitely something that um, people are drawn to. And, um, and like I said, look at the stands. They're full. They're busting out right now. They're building a bigger facility so, to support that. So when you have that type of following and that type of draw, um, then, I mean, the, the ad, the advertisers, the sponsors, the NIL, I mean, it's all going to come in and they've got to be able to create um, a setting and a, the, that they're able to support those things for, for those athletes. Macy, we could talk to you all night. I, I love softball. That's a credit to you. It's a credit to Patty Gasso. It's a credit to all of the great athletes that have come through the program over the course of time here at OU. One final big picture question, if I may, from me. So sort of on that subject, the, the professional ranks for softball, why in your mind has it just not caught on the same way that college softball has here now? Obviously, Lauren Chamberlain is now the commissioner of the Women's Professional Fast Pitch League that's going to get underway. I, I believe in June is when it's set to start. But what, what can we as fans do better to ensure that the professional leagues catch on moving forward? And what do you think some of the hurdles have been in the past? I think the biggest hurdle right now is that there's just an opportunity cost that's involved with this. So you've got a female who's graduating. Um, is she going to start her career and um, begin her, her family? Or is she going to follow the softball career that maybe she's not making as much money? So, I mean, there's, there's this um, the scale that you've kind of got to weigh everything on where where am I in my life and where do I want to go with it? So um, you know the again the monetization part of it on um, how much money are these women going to be making by doing it? Are they going to have to have a second job? Can they still have a family and a career and play softball? Um, there's a lot to it. You don't have just all this free time like you do in college that you're able to to focus all of your time. So I think that that's a big hurdle for um, in the past. And I, uh, going forward, that's just something that they're going to have to look at. Obviously, you know, what we know from um, a physicality standpoint for, you know, taking care of athletes and growing athletes, we're able to, um, obviously, we can play softball for um, several years after college. So it's, it's definitely should be something physically that could be an option. But um, I think the biggest hurdle is really just um, – those opportunities that are there after college and um, which direction women are going to choose to take. Yeah. And I think that's something that's an issue for all startups and you even see it in the, the USFL or the XFL, just the, I mean, the opportunity for income may not be as great as the risk you're putting your body through, you know, to, yeah. to play the sport because there are physical risks to, to playing a sport. So hopefully that's something that as Lauren Chamberlain, who is a, a, a great ambassador for the sport, um, she just begins to draw more eyes and draw more uh, advertisers. One final question before we let you go. Got to ask you about football. Big changes. We know you're a big football fan too. Let's get one question in on that. How excited are you for the Brent Venables era? What's the one thing you're looking forward to as spring ball gets ready to go? Oh my gosh, I am so excited. I mean, when they announced that hire, I mean, even in that week that um, we kind of had heard rumors, like maybe, like, is it going to be him? It's going to be him. No, it's not. 
And it's like, I was just on this emotional roller coaster and on Twitter constantly, like refreshing, refreshing. Who's going to find out something? When do we know? And then when we knew, it was just like, yes, this is the answer. This is the answer to all of the problems that we didn't even know that we had. So I think it's so exciting. I love every single thing that he's doing. I love all of the coaches that he's brought in. I love the mindset, the philosophy. I love the way that, you know, he's brought Josh Norman back and he's got the soul mission and the team is hanging out together and they're doing um, team bonding and they're going to dinner together and they're working hard. And I just love to see um, when he comes on and he's yelling at everybody that it ain't good enough. And it's like, you know what? I've heard that before. You know, Coach Gasso preached the same thing to us and now we're hearing it and we're no longer hearing, well, we're close. You know what? We're tired of hearing we're close because it wasn't cutting it. And now to hear, you know, it, it's not good enough and we're we're going to work every day to be, you know, not, a, not only the best football player that we can be or the best softball player that we can be, but the best people that we can be because we're not going to have these, um, these sports for the rest of our lives. And it's just so refreshing. I hope it all comes to fruition and it plays out and it's an amazing season. But even just now, I think all of Sooner Nation is, has been reignited and we're excited and, and they've got our full support. And I think that stadium is going to be packed and um, we just, we're so excited for uh, 2022 to see what comes. Yeah. Well, Macy, we thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Locked On Sooners. Make sure you all follow Macy on Twitter at Macy Turley. Get all of her softball insight as well as just Sooners Athletics insight as well because she'll <laughs> she'll give it to you over there. It's a great follow. Make sure you do that. Uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Drop us a question. Drop us a comment. Let me know how you feel about the show or let us know. Now that I have Josh here as co-host, let us know about, um, actually you can send all complaints to Josh. <laughs> yeah, that'll be my department. That's, yes. That's, um, uh, appreciate that from you. Yeah, no, my, my pleasure. Um, yeah, but make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube. We're excited to continue spring football. We'll start doing positional previews. Uh, for Macy, for Josh, I'm John Williams. Catch you next time. Boomer Sooner.